Lifting is uh, felt so good, even though I'm trying to lose weight. Yeah. Um, it just, you know, I, I'm, dude. I told myself I wasn't gonna record and weigh myself. Um, so right now I'm 215. I was okay. at 217. So okay. um, I'm about two pounds down for about. I wouldn't say two pounds. I'd say it's probably depends on what day you're looking at. But I'm. Only since I don't want to be too anal and too like OCD about it, I'm only gonna record maybe like 75% of the time, okay. and then okay. I'm going to weigh myself only on Wednesdays and Saturdays. So today okay. I weighed in at 215, and then on Saturday I'm hoping to weigh on like the lower half of 215 because I think I was like 0. 0.4, 0. 0.6, so okay. maybe like 0. 0.4 down. Um, but man, I just you know. As much as I, you know, I need to lose weight for uh, the the reception that's gonna happen. Um, I don't want to lose weight because I feel like my strength is finally getting there, and so are like my gains. Um, but I'm excited to see how I'm gonna look because um, if you look at it like what a year and a half ago, two years when I proposed to Sam, um, I was at like 192, 193, and I want to like. Because I do have shirtless photos and stuff. I want to see where I'm at with like what like um, you know what weights you know what weight determines my muscle capacity yeah. type deal. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm really interested. I think I think you I think you're gonna see a lot of progress. Uh, I can't wait for people to see it, for you guys to see it, for you to see it, Roman. Um, but that would be really nice. Um, I can't wait for that to happen. Hopefully by March. Like I said, hopefully I'll look chiseled by then. Or somewhat chiseled, because um, it's not like it's not like my show. It's not like my show weight. I think when I, I mean when I competed, when I was like probably sub five percent or under five, that was at one sixty. But I'm not getting nowhere near that. I mean we're talking like 25, 30 pounds over stage weight. So yeah, um, it's nice to see the abs come in and stuff like that though. When, yeah. Um, when uh, <laughs> and the vascularity. Yeah. 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 I've I feel missed, yeah. Uh, abs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's 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 there. I I mean, you could feel it. It's just uh, it's just covered by that uh, uh, water water weight. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, it's definitely some uh, got some fat going on. Some adipose <laughs> tissue, some fat, um, <laughs> some cheeseburgers. But I mean, like mostly, I've never really been stronger. Um, I guess my squat technically has been stronger before. But um, I like I'll think about it sometimes, and I'll be like talking to Billy about it. And I'm like, does it really matter? Not really, because I'm not going for strength. I'm going for for size. I'm going for mass. Like I don't lift. I don't. When I do a squat, I don't lift it like a power lifter would. I lift it like a bodybuilder would. Like nice yeah. and slow, controlled, eccentric. Um, like I, I I try to like you know standardize it as as much as I can. Like. I guess like the concentric would be the same, but the eccentric portion is like very, very, very different. And I like my form would be totally different. Like if I was just trying to muscle it up, my feet would be much wider. I would bend over like much more and I'd rely more on my ass to, yeah. to lift the weight up as opposed to my quads. So yeah. um, th those yeah, might seem like subtle. Hey Sam, what's going on? It um, might be <laughs> So those might be like subtle um, differences, but like from like uh, how it feels from yeah. like the lifter's perspective, it's like totally, totally different. 
Yeah, and uh, shout out to Billy. Um, I, you know, as much as he doesn't really like talking about lifting and like probably share his thoughts, uh, I've been trying to get him on the podcast um, just 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 for fun. Uh, so hopefully awesome. we hopefully we get him on one of these days. If you're watching <laughs> Billy, uh, we want you on here, buddy, at least once, just to say like you did it uh, and you got the experience, and also. Uh, you know, bring out the shyness of him. So, um, yeah. So, yeah. And honestly, like, um, I'm still beltless training. I know Roman knows, um, but a lot of the times, uh, you, I, I, I haven't been posting. I, I'll probably post a little bit more, um, but I did deadlift 405 uh, beltless. And then I think I hit, what is it, 235 squats, right? Wasn't it beltless for one rep? I thought it was like 245 or 255. Oh, I wish. I don't, I think it was, I think it was 235. Um, okay. it was kind of grindy, but you know what? Um, I'm proud of myself because when I, I, I've been recording a little bit more with squats and I feel like, um, I'm dipping a lot lower than I used to, which is like really great. Cause you, I, I have never really done that before. I always try to stop at like 90 degrees. And what I realized that, you know, I, I want to, I don't want to miss out on those gains, um, but you know, if I ever get serious in powerlifting competitions, which i don't know if I would or will. I don't think I should worry about, you know, you know where the hip crease lies, unless unless I was serious about it, right, Roman? Like it wouldn't, shouldn't have to worry about it too much, unless for some yeah. reason, unless for some reason I go for a big PR in uh, in world uh, powerlifting ch- uh, championship and uh, miss it by an inch, which I don't know if that's ever going to be feasible for my lifestyle, anyway. So, I mean, there's reasons to like at least like keep it in the back of your mind because let's say you're just chasing weight. You might like end up being higher and higher and higher each time and yeah. get used to like not going down as well. So sinking the squat as much as you can as is comfortable and is like is reasonable too. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. Probably, oh, go ahead. Sorry. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's probably the way to go. I like what Johnny Candido says about it. It's like, it's a game of averages. So sometimes you're slightly below parallel, fine. Slightly, and sometimes you're slightly above parallel, fine. If like the average is like right, right at parallel, or where your like hip crease is just below the top of your knee, so technically slightly lower, then like that's perfect from a powerlifting perspective. And then from hypertrophy, you just want to go the maximum range of motion your body allows you to. So you're kind of somewhere in between. So I would say you probably do on average want to squat below parallel. Because also it appears that uh, individuals that do that, they have like the, they're, they have less issues with their needs, for example. Yeah. Um, so, and I also think from like a general preparedness standpoint, that that's like the best way to go. Because if like you're going to squat on the toilet, like what if it's like a, a short toilet? Are you only going to, you know, stop at parallel? It's like, okay, I'm just going to freaking air shoot this in and hope I get it into the toilet, you know? <laughs> Yeah, or you're in the middle of the woods and you just you just kind of do like the leg spread and just let it let it just flop right up. Um, but yeah, I um, yeah I've been doing that. Um, still haven't benched. Um, hopefully oh, you guys aren't mad out there. I know I was hitting some big numbers, but uh, big numbers equals big risks, big rewards, big injuries. <laughs> so right now, I mean, I think I worked up to 45 pounds or 50 pound dumbbells in each arm. Um, 
honestly, like I said um, before, like I haven't really felt any pain, like, you know, in my, my shoulder slash like lat area on my right side, um, doing a lot of warm up drills, doing, yeah, I do. I've been doing a lot of warm up drills. Um, on my upper days, I'll do a lot of bandit work before I even lift. So I'll do like face pulls. I'll do like rear delt flies. I'll do, I'll even do like uh, rows with, uh, with the band just to get my upper body pretty warm. And then like on my squat days, I'll pretty much, I'll pretty much, um, like, uh, my buddy, Anthony, the one that works with us, that's the power lifter. He, um, you know, he gives me that, he gave me like that shoulder mobility drill where pretty much I stand against the wall and I'll just do a couple of those, um, throughout my squat reps while I'm, while I'm warming up because, you know, since I'm doing the bar, I'll do like 95 or 135 pounds, um, to start. I'll just do those after every set. So I can get my, you know, shoulders warmed up before I get on the, under the bar. Um, I'm still not moving my hands close to me, um, when I squat, um, just because I still, I think it's personal preference at this point. I might, I might have a looser back. It just, I don't know. I just feel like if I can maintain my shoulder pain or have zero pain at all, then what, what I'd rather lose some of the weight or some of the tightness I should say. Right. Yeah, Absolutely um but yeah episode what is it 86 holy cow please tell me it's not 86 i think it's 85 or 86 i'm pretty sure it's 86 though also um side note before we start um does anyone else watch a lot of truck camping or car camping on youtube besides roman and i because i know roman does sometimes uh i was gonna start getting getting back into it yeah, I uh, so Sam watches her show um, on Mondays, and it, it like there was like a Monday Tuesday show. I'm not gonna name the show because whatever, I don't care too much. Um, but it's not my type of show. Uh, let's just say that. So um, it's like two hours long. So literally yesterday for like two hours, I was watching like uh, stealth camping, how to uh, line your truck uh, in your truck bed with like some of the areas and what like the best things are for that so um comment nice. subscribe uh comment to that you know if you guys do look into that that does seem interesting and with the work from home lifestyle it's definitely feasible like the guy was in the moab uh canyons in utah oh my gosh literally he backed up his car like five feet away from like the edge of a canyon and just to even have breakfast or a cup of coffee just seeing that in the morning i mean yeah it's gonna be lonely as fuck but like it's like I can't, I would never, I can, you know, I would never, I, ne- I don't even know how that would feel. It just never, I've never done that. So, um, but yeah, eight, episode 80, 86, plantar fasciitis. What the heck is it? What, what, why do we get it? What, what is it? Like, am I growing plants in my body? Why, why <laughs> even, why even call it plantar fasciitis? Um, I know Roman's going to come up with like the technical term, like, well, you see the planter has to deal with like the bottom portion of the peripheral of the foot and, <laughs> and, uh, but, uh, but yeah, no, uh, we're going to be talking about that. Um, Roman, I'm going to, I mean, you're eating, uh, here and there, but, uh, we're going to be talking about that today. Like what it is, um, what can you do to like, maybe help, like, you know, benefits, like if you're going through that pain or, to prevent it or um um, i did i did read uh some areas where like they're like myth busting it um through squat university um which i don't know if we ever really 
presents in our videos as much as we should. Uh, but if you haven't checked out Squat University on Instagram um, or YouTube, I think they have a pretty big YouTube channel as well. Um, but Instagram's a little bit more um, digestible information type deal. If you want something that's like digestible, it's not over the top. Um, but they pretty much go over like, you know, um, injuries, um, things like plantar fasciitis, um, things like the squat, um, and a, a lot more scientific information that you can like possibly get for like preventative injuries all that good stuff so roman i'm gonna have you start it off buddy i know you're just uh just swallowed but i'm gonna let you talk and then oh, and then i will go from there because i've been talking too much already i love it buddy um uh, yeah so this is called like runner's foot or uh, plantar fasciitis so it's essentially like inflammation of the plantar fascia um i believe i I've heard and read before that it's um it's kind of like a misnomer so it's um fascia is usually uh, referred to as like connective tissue and this is actually like a muscle so it's the muscle that that like performs this action for the foot it essentially brings like the toe closer to the heel yeah and it's an extremely important muscle when it comes to the um mobility and the movement of the foot so every time you step you're you're flexing the the plantar fascia Excuse me. Um, so when you are um, when you are, let's see. Let me make sure I get my um, terminology correct. Uh, so dorsiflexion is when your um, the oh, top yeah. of the foot is um, getting close to the shin. Um, your plantar fascia, I believe, is, is an extension. And when your plantar flexing your um, your foot. The plantar, flex, uh, plantar fascia is in flexion. Um, so um, yeah. a lot of runners will end up getting like inflammation of this muscle just because of the um, most likely like the um, the continually centric loading that is involved with with running. So I think the general recommendation, um, which is in, like kind of carried on for a long time, is to just like lay off it for a few days, let the inflammation go down. But one thing that I wanted to talk about, um, uh, prevention and or a treatment strategy that's worked for me personally, which you can absolutely try. It may not work for you. It may, um, but has been to um, really accentuate. And I'll, I'll post a video on our um, on uh, the GPIG uh, soon uh, about how I recommend, like the protocol I recommend for this. But it would be doing a calf raise on an elevated surface. Um, I, I really prefer the incline platform because it allows you to get the, the greatest amount of extension of the plantar flexion or the amount of like um, like flexion. Um, so like essentially what's happening with like the muscle fibers is you're you're getting them to stretch out as much as possible. You're getting that that stretch reflex. So I sit down in the bottom position. Um, here, let me see if I can show you really quick. If you're uh, if you're just listening to the audio. Roman is about to do some amazing work. So um, if you're just looking at, listening to audio, this part, you'll have to check it out on YouTube to see uh, what Roman's kind of performing right now. And also, he's got a lot of tennis balls. Yeah. All right. I'm going to show you the foot. Ah! And we'll get some light in here. Hey, when's the last time you washed your foot, buddy? Not the last night. It's not too dirty. Okay, <laughs> I'm just huh? kidding. I'm just kidding. All right. Can you see this here? Yeah, yeah. Of the foot. All right. 
So when I try to don't fall over. Yeah. So I like to really accentuate the bottom and usually I'm holding onto a bar and then come up onto the top of my toes, really squeeze the calf muscle and you're causing the plantar uh, fascia to now like, according to the side filament theory, it's going to be like coming into itself. I'm accentuating a little bit more than I usually would. Come down, really flex it, come up. You look like a ballerina. Yeah. Hold it up, hold the uh, concentric or the flex position and control on the eccentric. Really? I, I really want you to emphasize the control on the eccentric, okay? I don't want you to come down like that, okay? Because what's happening when you do that is the force vectors are, are shooting out of the plantar fascia and the muscle's not able to control the load. We want to create what's called a local analgesic effect. So essentially, it's the body sending pleasure signals to uh, that area so that, that it's trying to reward movement, okay? So this is a treatment strategy that's worked effectively for me because I'm able to actually strengthen the plantar fascia. What I'd recommend for you to start is anywhere from two to three sets, eight to 12 reps, nice and slow. If you can't do it um, on... Um, like with uh, just your body weight, that's okay to take body weight off. Um, it's okay to um, do it in a seated position, but you do want to have a, a some amount of weight. So I would say in general, you want to work your way up to um, being able to do it with body weight. And you can even add weight. Sometimes I'll take um, a dumbbell, a 45, 60 pound dumbbell, hold it in left or right hand, and I'll, I'll do it that way. Yeah, or the Smith machine. You can load a Smith machine maybe and just they they sometimes I forgot what those platforms are called. The this you know, it reminds me of like the seventies workouts where you take a step step down. The, those things you could use. Um I think they just call them steps, right? A step uh Yeah, I mean get your handy dandy plastic step. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't, yeah. One thing um one thing to note, um they like I I'm I'm just uh, I have it pulled up uh for the Mayo, Mayo Clinic, um, it pretty much, um, they also say it's, it, it, it could be caused by being a little bit overweight. And also um, when you wear shoes that have like inadequate support. Um, so, you know, obviously uh, we don't support like being overweight too much. So that's like a common like theme with a lot of these like uh, health risks and um, problems. I would say, and then like shoes with inadequate support, just, you know, make sure you're changing out your shoes. Um, you probably shouldn't have a problem unless you're, like I said, you're wearing shoes that are like over like a year or two years when you're, you know, you wear them to, you know, half the death and you just, you know, in the, in the rubber things flap in, you know, you know, you ever been through those times? Those are the struggles. I've been there. Don't worry about it. Um, I mean, I worked in a restaurant when my shoe was literally, I would have to like glue it like with a black glue to like make it look like, because I wore, it was like a black uniform. And, uh, that's probably not good for my, it, it definitely not good for your feet, especially if you work in the industry where you could be on your feet for 12 hours at a time. Um, so, also, for those people that work, um, like construction, um, 
you know, a nurse, a doctor. I mean, my brother's a doctor and the other day he worked a 28 hour shift. You know, if he's not wearing shoes that are like, you know, able to let his feet breathe, get good blood flow, as well as uh, give good supports, um, you, you know, you're getting a one-way ticket uh, to a lot of like injuries. You can even get probably like, you know, some hip back injuries if you're like, you know, not, you know, getting the appropriate supports. Um, I just wanted to add on there, Thanks, Roman, for sharing that. Also, um, because I brought up Squat University, um, they do, they did make a post about this. I, it's it's shown from April. So I'll just read the post and kind of like, Roman, if you want to comment or we can make some comments after. Um, so tech, they, so Squat University tends to believe that it's not so much an inflammation problem Rather, the plantar fascia pain is due to a lack of consistent blood flow, which Roman's kind of like going over like the preventative treatments where he was doing that, um, you know, like the tiptoe on the chair. So that kind of goes to that point. It says lack of consistent blood flow to the plantar fascia by the tib tibialis posterior artery. Um, when the big toe is smashed inward with narrow shoes, this artery is limited in supplying blood to the bottom of the foot. Even more, when the foot is consistently supported in narrow shoes, muscles atrophy and lengthen, placing more stress on the plantar fascia rather than being too tight with the plantar fascia and chronically extended, or is chronically extended. It needs to be relaxed by wearing wider toe shoes and using um, newer product called Correct Toes. Um, and if you know Squat University, you know they support Correct Toes. It's pretty much... Um, some like their toe spacers with your feet. Um, that's you know, Squat University uh, has been going pretty deep into like you know, widening your toe structure, um, pretty much for like a long time now. I, I don't know what the exact date is, but they've been pretty much supporting that uh theory for a while. But as you could bless you, as you could tell, what Roman was saying, not only like that exercise that's going to help with this, as well as. Uh, Roman was saying like that, you know, that relaxed theory, the sliding filament theory, like you're going to, as you could tell from that, like that paragraph, like it's, you know, it's, it's, it's atrophying and lengthening only. So if you're not doing the other things like extending or letting your foot get uh, good support, then, you know, this, you know, this will show up in your lifetime or you'll cause something. Um, for me personally, um, I, I always liked the wider shoe theory because the fact that my feet were always, uh, I, I mean, I played basketball my whole life and I felt like all my basketball shoes growing up, um, were like smashing my feet together. Um, and also too, side note, like my father, like he didn't grow up like, like, you know, in like a rich family. So like they couldn't afford like shoes growing up, but you could tell um, if you look at like older generations that couldn't afford like shoes all the time, like when you're a kid, um, you could tell like his pinky toe is pretty much smashed on his fourth toe. And it's like it his foot formed. So pretty much it looks like he's got hit the width of four toes. So, um, you know, I, honestly, recently I've been wearing a lot of my uh, I, I have old school Reebok. Uh, I think they're CrossFit powerlifting shoes. Um, and they're the low tops and I've always worn them. Um, I had the high top versions before I got the low tops. They don't really make them anymore. 
Um, but I know they're starting to make new shoes that have wide toe bases. Um, so this can help maybe support that theory. Um, and, and Chris Duffin makes now like a, he's part owner of a company, Vivio Feet. Um, if Reebok ever brings back the CrossFit shoes, um, Reebok's a good one. Um, I, I, I should, I should go grab them, but pretty much it, you know, it follows your feet, but it gives your big, like your toes, a wider toe base. So, you know, you can spread out, you can get support. Those are typically my walking shoes every day. Um, or from lifting upper body, I tend to not really lift my, you know, I don't really work out like legs with those on because sometimes I will, uh, squat with squatting shoes, like Ollie shoes. Um, but they've, they help me. Um, I, I, it helps like recover my leg workouts a lot when I'm doing those walks. Um, I don't know if it's because of the shoes, but I definitely love having the wider support and it's kind of, of a minimalist shoe. Um, also, too, um, to support that wide theory of your shoes, if for some reason you, you know, obviously Roman and I are frugal people, um, but if for some reason you want to like check this out, another trick is too that I learned on Squat University. Um, I did it actually to my Olympic lifting shoes that I squat in. And then I usually will do the rest of my leg session in them because I don't feel like taking pairs off of shoes every time I'm doing a lift. Um, but uh, if you, because you know how the shoe has uh, a bunch of holes to lace the shoes. If you take out like the the furthest one closest to your toes and like you just start from like a second or third hole later, it will it will kind of loosen out the toe, ba uh, toe, toe structure portion of it. So I actually do that on my squat shoes now. Um, the Nike Romalios, um, they don't really have a lot of... Um, like holes to work with when you're lacing the shoe. So I honestly just moved it. I only moved it one, but I know some shoes like Vans or like Chuck Taylors, like Converse, they have like, they have like tons of like shoelace holes where you can maybe get away with those by going like two holes forward and start lacing your shoe from there. Um, but yeah, Roman, what do you, I mean, I, as I say, again, talking too much, but go ahead. <laughs> you're, no, you're good. I think um, they caught like a toe box. Um, so one, yeah. Yeah. one um, brand that Laura's really a, a big fan of is uh, Ultras. So she actually has Ultra running shoes um, for just like kind of walking around casual type stuff. Ultra, you said? Yeah, A-L-T-R-A. A-L-T-R-A. Okay, I'll look that up. Um, I've never really yeah. looked into them, yeah. Ultras are really cool because they, they have like very interesting philosophies on shoes. So they're yeah. a zero drop shoe. So there's no difference between like the, um, the heel of the foot and the four and like the, um, the forefoot. Um, so it's, it's even. And the reason why they do that is the quote unquote old style of uh, shoes is that. That's a cool, that's a cool looking pair. Yeah. That's Isn't a pretty, that yeah. Go ahead. Heck yeah, yeah. buddy. Um, is to have like a lifted heel. Um, so you'd have like maybe like six millimeter, eight, 10, 12 millimeter, like heel. Um, and like, you know, this is from running shoes and like, these aren't like, you know, heels that like you think of like, Oh, you know, someone wears like a pair of heels, you know, like uh, three, <laughs> five inch heels. It's just like, it's a slight amount. It might only be like a centimeter. Um, but it's enough where some people believe that the, um, the position that it puts the Achilles tendon in, that that might be like an additional like um, issue. That's like a, an additional reason that's causing like people issues with their like overall like foot health. Um, so 
Alteros is like big on like this zero drop, so having um, a like an even heel to forefoot as well as a wide toe box, um, so that your your uh, toes can more nat- naturally uh, spread or splay within the shoe, and and that allows uh, a more normal um, walking or movement pattern. Um, so that that's an interesting company to look at is Ultra as well as Vibrams. Vibrams are the ones that have like the the, like the footies. So if, if you're into that, um, both of them are, are relatively pricey. I would say you can find ultras. At, that's why, um, that's why they need to bring these back. Yeah. These, okay. uh, these, these, I think were brand new, like 60, 65 bucks. But like I said, okay. they, they even have like grippers for squatting. So these are oh, pretty nice. much for, for powerlifting. They have like little suction cups, but as you could okay. tell, like from the shoe, like you don't see this on a normal shoe. Like the toe box is a lot wider than the heel. Yeah. Typically yeah, yeah. you would t- typically you would see a shoe like maybe end right here, yeah. and you you got like a whole like half inch to an inch wider than a typical shoe. And yeah. these are great. You know they they they're low they're low tops. I used to have high tops, but like they they kind of remind me of like Chuck like the like the lifting shoes for like Chuck Taylors or Vans. Because yeah, you know yeah. a lot of people do lift in Vans and Converse. Um, I've had these, it, like I said, I walk on them like every day. I've had these for like two, three years. I think Roman, you've seen them once at work. I've probably okay. worn them to work maybe once, but, um, okay. but yeah, they stopped making these and Jesse Burdick and Mark Bell actually made these shoes. Um, I think they lost a contract or slash like, I guess Reebok didn't, they wanted to make more of a CrossFit shoe and not such a powerlifting shoe. So everyone got confused. Like they named them CrossFits, but you got Jesse Burdick and Mark Bell talking about powerlifting. So I don't know if that was the cause. Um, but some, for some reason, I still see these in the gym. Um, my family got me these, so I don't know how they found them, but like, I think that was like after production, but I think we could still find them. I think they're called, yeah, they're just, I think they're just, if you look up like power lights or CrossFit Reeboks, like you could probably find them on like the outlet stores, but I actually found my high top out um, at an outlet store. I think I got them for like 50 bucks. So like, like, like Roman was saying, like the Vivios I was talking about before you went in the ultras, they're like 120, 130 bucks. Like it's crazy. Um, you could get like a 25% discount code. Um, but still that's like still a hundred bucks. So like, I get yeah. it. Like I, I, I love these shoes, but I'm scared. And like, cause, uh, our, one of our buddy, Alex, um, he gave me a 25% code out Vivio cause our Vivo, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. Um, but he gave me a code, but when I go on the website, they're all freaking sold out anyway. So how am I even supposed yeah. to buy the shoes? Like I can't yeah. even buy, I can't even buy like any shoes, even the most expensive ones. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah. Um, so I know you can find Ultras at DSW, um, like their yeah. outlet store, for probably around like sixty bucks or so. Nice. Um, so you can get a good deal there. What I would caution you for. Um, so Laura got a pair at DSW, and she actually absolutely hated the running shoes that she, the Ultra running shoes she got at DSW, because the insert that was in them, although they still were tech, excuse me, technically zero drop, um, the. Like, this is apparently like an old way of thinking. This is the way, um, like the the guy in like um, the shoe section in REI. This is where she ended up getting the new ones that she absolutely loves. But um, he told us that the old way of thinking is to overcorrect pronation with um, with the insert. Um, so it would essentially be like sloped up so that the um, the person would not like pronate their foot 
as much every time they walk. Like if you've ever seen somebody that their like foot yeah. kind of caves in when they walk. Um, small amounts of pronation are totally like fine and understandable within like um, the realm of like just natural like movement patterns. But if you have excessive amounts of uh, pronation, that could lead to um, to injury. Um, so what they were saying is like from their experience that um, the old school way and ultra also adopted this like um, way of thinking is that they would like add additional like cushion and structure to the shoe so that it wouldn't uh, pronate as much. But the, what Laura, um, like what her, like her feel was, was that like she felt like one of her feet, I think it was her right foot was like literally sliding off the shoe is what she said. So when she would go to the gym or like, you know, we'd go for a walk, she was like, these are super uncomfortable shoes. So she could like just never get comfortable in the shoes. So yeah. we, we can't, we can those and we went to REI. I think we ended up spending like 150 bucks for the ultras, but she loves them. So yeah. absolutely worth it. So I would just um, caution you, make sure you like you walk around a little bit um, because that, that type of shoe would be perfect for some, but it might not be uh, great for you um, if you go to try them out. Um, but yeah, that's, uh, I just want to give you those, those helpful tips there. Gains Nation. Gains Nation. Well, thank you for staying. Thank you for watching. If you've made it this far, please like, comment, subscribe. We're on all audio and video platforms. Uh, make sure you tell your friends, tell your family, uh, comment on our YouTube posts, rate us on Apple Podcasts, podcast apps, Spotify, and we'll see you guys on the next one. Peace.